This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Market Scale Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Make sure that you are subscribing to our podcast channel, Market Scale Technology, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, we also have a few other umbrella channels, Market Scale Radio and Market Scale Manufacturing, as well as the future of e-learning. All podcast channels on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so make sure you're subscribing there. And make sure you're going to marketscale.com industries for previous and upcoming episodes of this podcast and other industry insights, including videos and articles, not just from the technologies, industries, but from a variety of different B2B industries. So for today's topic, we're going to be chatting about managing payment solutions as a business. When you are managing those payments as a business, often the challenges of scaling payment infrastructures vastly grow and become more complex as the size of the company also grows. Everything from merchant onboarding to billing and transaction processing uh, to payouts and risk compliance... All of that, as your company becomes enterprise in scope and scale, uh, starts to become more sophisticated and the need for end-to-end payment platforms to support enterprise business becomes more necessary. On today's episode of the podcast, we're highlighting exactly what those unique challenges of enterprise scale look like for payment solutions and why enterprise companies need an enterprise-level solution in the first place. For our guest insights today, I'm pleased to welcome two business leaders from Amaryllis. They're a payment infrastructure platform that provides enterprises, ISVs, and software as a service companies with the solutions to define unique business processes and support their evolving commerce needs with payment solutions. So I'd like to welcome our two guests, Ori Hay, CEO of Amaryllis, and Vico Bargig, Vice President Solutions Architect for Amaryllis. Ori, Vico, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing today? Thank you very much. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Daniel. I'm checking in with all my guests. It is a crazy time. Uh, how are y'all holding up during this pandemic? Everything okay on your end? Yes, we are good. We uh, used to work remotely, uh, so uh, business is almost as usual. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Same over here. You know, staying healthy, staying safe and staying productive, obviously, having great conversations with folks like y'all. So looking forward to our breakdown today. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. I want to start generally here. How has the market for payment solutions evolved in the last several years? And maybe more specifically, uh, have more businesses entered the fray to offer solutions and have those solutions evolved over time to meet the commerce needs of the industry? I guess, you know, what's what's the state of uh, businesses offering these solutions today? Most of the market is pretty much uh, has pretty much shifted from being a one seller to many buyers to be more of a platform solution. Uh, we can see that uh, on Amazon, on eBay, or on any other platform, AliExpress, for example, anyone is shifting to more of a, we can call it an online mall. In this case, instead of just managing your own uh, business and selling your products, 
you really became like a, a, a centralized uh, uh, store that is managing multiple sellers to multiple buyers. And then based on this, of course, everything is changing because you need to have additional resources, adi- additional uh, use cases, additional requirements. And all of this is pretty much where, where almost all of the businesses are, are going from being a, a small uh, localized uh, store to uh, more of a globalized uh, solution, more of a globalized product that can uh, offer uh, many uh, products and many services to many customers and unique needs for each one of them. So almost all of the businesses are going and changing into this perspective instead of just being a localized uh, small store. There is a recognition that payment is part of a core part of the businesses. Uh, The trends uh, moving from e-commerce that uh, was uh, one seller to uh, uh, many buyers uh, into platforms economy, like the Ubers, the Airbnbs of the world, and so forth, uh, open a completely new business channel, which uh, uh, we call it payment facilitation, basically uh, manage not only the buyer, but seller on your platform. It's just evolving. The business is growing. And you know what I think is challenging here is as companies grow and start to identify that they are an enterprise company and have enterprise needs, um, maybe it isn't immediately apparent that they need to change some of their back-end infrastructures to match those enterprise needs, especially payment solutions. How do companies generally approach integrating their payment solutions today based on you know the experiences that y'all have had as a payment solutions company? Do they know to look for customizable solutions to match their specific needs or do they gravitate more towards a standardized black box solution um, and why? You know, what, what does that look like today? Three different types. Uh, the first one is the, the ones that try to stay with what they already had before. Uh, usually those companies uh, find out really quick that uh, they can't continue using the old solutions because they are not um, prepared for what they need. For example, uh, if we, we, we just take one example, is the fact that when you are selling your own products and just uh, uh, managing your own uh, shipments and, and invoices, when you go and you start managing uh, multiple uh, sellers or multiple locations, then you find out that you have different uh, requirements for each location, for example, different taxes. And then you have different requirements for each seller. Uh, some of them sell uh, uh, only services. Some of them sell products. Some of them have pre-orders. Then you need to to apply the billing based on the shipment date, or some of them apply the, the billing based on the order date. So it all comes to, uh, becomes different from what you are used to. The first part is usually those companies find out really fast that they need to change. Second type of uh, merchants or second type of solutions are the ones that are trying to go with some black box. In this case, it depends on how flexible you need to be. If the black box suits your needs and you're fine with that, then you're fine with that until it comes a time that you need your own use cases and your own uh, special capabilities. And then the third type is the type that knows from the start they need to prepare and build everything in accordance to what they need and what their future needs. For example, 
if you would like to be a, a global marketplace, let's take uh, Amazon as an example, you understand all of the use cases, you need to understand them, of course. You understand that you will need different uh, type of services to offer your own merchants and to offer your own customers. Some of the merchants would like to have capabilities to manage their inventory. Some of your uh, uh, customers will need to have different type of uh, uh, billing and taxes. Some of them will need to connect to third parties uh, for uh, different integrations and services. So all of that becomes pretty much a very heavy uh, duty that you need to to follow and you need to uh, to support because it's not just about selling the product and receiving the money. It's a completely different business than what you were used to do before when you were just a small store or a, an e-commerce website that was just providing your own products and solutions. So you mentioned Amazon. You know, I think that is a perfect example for, I think, just reflecting how e-commerce has shifted uh, the expectations of scale for companies that want to have a global marketplace or an enterprise level marketplace. They're now competing with the likes of uh, Amazon on e-commerce, or at least Amazon has sort of uh, set the bar for scope and scale in e-commerce. And now everyone sort of has to play off of that. Um, you know, I, I think they've been defining how e-commerce has evolved over the last decade. So I want to get your thoughts on this. How do you think payment needs for enterprise companies versus smaller, mid-sized companies or just you know, not quite enterprise level yet companies, uh, how have those needs become more defined over the last decade as e-commerce has become uh, more complex and uh, more robust? Enterprises are using payments to monetize it, to make money out of it. This is really uh, the big difference. It's uh, monetizing it and it's enablement process. They are using payments to generate more revenues and more profit. As small businesses are using payments as a commodity play. They don't recognize in the beginning how much it is important for them to control the payment chain. This is why they outsource it to other companies. I think this is the real difference. And when you grow, you can, it's like, uh, you know, you can start your first uh, website to sell stuff in two minutes and have a PayPal account. You don't see uh, uh, an enterprise client that this is his solution. He will have much more greater solution and PayPal can be one of them. It really depends on your level of business and the way that you're viewing all of the payment uh, flow. Because, for example, as a, as a small business or as a merchant underneath a platform, you would like to view the, the payment or the transactions and, and the actions that you're performing based on your own, uh, let's call it, merchant view. So you would like to see the transactions that you perform, you would like to see the products that you sell, you would like to see your own uh, invoices, your own dates, your own IDs, time zone. And the the next level in the chain, which is in this uh, uh, example, is the firm or the place, they would like to see it in a higher level. They would like to see all of the merchants underneath them. They would like to see the billing uh, activities. They would like to see the commissions that they collected, the uh, revenues that they have, the shipment cost, the profitability, the, the billing that they are collecting and the billing that they are paying out. So it's more of a, of a level in the, in the hierarchy. Each one of them needs to have their own um, unique view of the system or unique view of the, the entire solution that they are uh, offering. 
and everyone have their own unique, uh, let's call it a um, unique uh, portal that they go into, they manage their, their product, their, they manage their billing activity, their, their, their financial information. It's more of a, where you are in the chain and what you need to see. So everyone needs their own specific use, specific data that they need to see. And that's really where the business is evolving because uh, if we look at, uh, maybe if we look five years uh, before or 10 years before, you will see that it was completely different. You will just look at your own view, you will look at your own uh, data and you will say, okay, that's how I'm working and that's what I need. The higher you go in the chain, it's not just about you, it's about you and the businesses that are running underneath you and the entities that you are managing because you need to provide them with with the appropriate solution so they will be able to manage their information while you're managing your information, their information, and and the entities that they represent in the system. So since those uh, payment solution needs have become so evident for enterprise companies to compete on a global scale, how should enterprise companies looking into their payment solutions and their uh, infrastructure for them, how should they discern whether or not the solution is ready to even meet their enterprise needs? What are the most important factors to look for in that solution and why does the distinction matter? I think that in this case, each um, enterprise business should look at as many use cases as they can uh, research and understand that they need. Because first of, co- of course, you, first of all, of course, you need to understand what is the type of uh, solution you're offering to the merchants underneath you and to to your clients and to their clients. And then you need to uh, decide on all of the use cases that you would like to support. Again, maybe in phases, maybe phase one, phase two, phase three, but you need to understand the use cases that you would like to support now in the near future and in the far future. And then in these use cases, you can start building the solution that you need. And of course, the more use cases that you have, that makes the solution more uh, flexible, more advanced, more complicated for uh, building. And on top of all of that, it needs to be as easy to manage as possible and as user-friendly as possible. So it, I think it comes down to research, good development, good experience, and good understanding of your needs, your customer needs, and your customer customer needs. I will add to that that First, they need to see if a company can build infrastructure to support enterprise, how long they are doing it. I think it's crucial. Enterprise uh, solution cannot build over a year or even over two years. What makes enterprise solution enterprise is the depth that was invested through thousands or maybe more than hundreds of thousands or millions of, of hours of development of experience, uh, extreme use cases, uh, building mechanism uh, to maintain and control and monitor the use cases. And this is not something uh, everybody can do. And if somebody did it, they spend a lot of time to reach a a point that they become enterprise. Uh, So it's also what is the history of the company. Uh, what is the history of the solution itself? Is it a spin-off now or it's something that was built uh, and designed from the start to be an enterprise solution? All right. I want to get into breaking down how enterprise needs differ for various types of payment solutions. Uh, Amaryllis offers a whole swath of different solutions, and I want to highlight 
the main ones here um, and then really get into why the solutions need to be honed for enterprise needs. So we're going to go ahead and go down the list here. We're going to start with transaction processing. When you get to uh, the enterprise level, how does transaction processing begin to become more complex and why do you need an enterprise solution for that, in y'all's opinion? When we look at transaction processing from an enterprise point of view, it really differs on the fact that uh, you have many entities underneath you. You have many requirements uh, based on uh, geographical locations, based on uh, different countries, based on different time zones. Uh, when you factor all of these uh, uh, different scenarios, you understand that you can't just connect to a specific gateway or to a specific uh, credit processor and you're ready to go because it doesn't stop there. Uh, some processors or some gateways will only support uh, the U.S., some of them will only support in Canada, some of them only in Europe. So it depends on the uh, locations, first of all. Then it depends on uh, pricing. Uh, each uh, each uh, company will offer different fees and commissions for different type of transactions. So you need to take that in effect as well. Uh, and then you need to check the marketplaces that you offer, the solutions that you offer, how many uh, transactions you process, uh, what are the type of transactions that you process. So when you look at that, it affects the, the needs of the, of the acquirers that you will connect to. Then you have the requirements of uh, multiple uh, um, sellers underneath uh, a single uh, mid, which is a merchant ID in this case. So you would need to support that as well. It doesn't stop just with processing a transaction. It really uh, revolves around the use cases and the needs that are building the specific transactions flow, uh, which could be to a specific gateway or to multiple gateways based on the transaction amount, based on transaction type, based on locations, uh, based on payment methods. It doesn't really even have to be just credit card. It could be credit card, ACH, gift card, anything. I will add to that, that in our vision, you don't even have to change your way of transaction processing. Uh, if you need a specific gateway, it's a limitation. Uh, you can, uh, you need to be able to maintain your uh, current relationship and add others. You need, uh, as we do, we don't force you to change your gateway. We can be your gateway. We have many ways of allowing you to keep your current infrastructure of transaction processing where it makes sense to you as an enterprise client. A lot of the enterprise clients have already built in huge uh, uh, a platform to do transaction processing. Some of them have a business relationship for transaction processing. So the first thing that comes to my mind is don't be limited uh, from the solution that provide you uh, what we provide, the complete uh, package of uh, managing payments uh, into a specific transaction processing uh, service. All right, next payment need is billing. Pretty foundational to any uh, global e-commerce or enterprise level business is obviously billing. So how do uh, billing needs start to become more complex as they enter the enterprise space? When we look at the billing uh, requirements of each uh, new enterprise uh, model or um, even even a, a simple store, it depends on basically on the on the needs of the solution that they are offering and on the needs of the integrations that they have. 
So let's start from the top. First of all, of course, when you process transactions, you need to pay fees for each transaction. You need to pay interchange fees. You need to pay processing fees. Those goes to the processor. Then you have your own internal fees, which can be from the merchants themselves that are using your uh, platform that they need to pay to you. Then your merchants can have uh, multiple layers of, uh, of hierarchy. So your merchants might have sub-merchants, or we call them sub-sellers in this case. So they have fees that are going between them. Then you would like to manage uh, reserves. You would like to manage fees on top of fees, per transaction fees, scheduled fees, pricing tiers. So all of that comes in. The bigger you are, the more that you need. So it depends really on what you need. But basically, when you are an enterprise, you will probably need all of that flexibility and all of that billing use cases. And again, those are just uh, uh, some examples. It could be unlimited. It could be uh, with priorities. So you'd like to have some fees that go first, and then you have additional fees that need to go to some agents or sub-agents, to third parties, internal fees within your own entities of the system. So, and of course, some fees that are, that can be automatically reversed, partially reversed, depending on the amount, depending on, on a percentage. All of that, when, when you combine all of that, it becomes a really, uh, heavy, heavy requirement, which is more than just, uh, applying some, uh, transaction fee to a specific, uh, payment method. It's, it's more, uh, um, integrated with into your system. So it depends on the products that you're selling, the category of the products that you're selling, taxes. It all combined together and build a really huge requirement. So it's not just about a small billing configuration of, uh, okay, let's charge a fee for the transaction. Mm. So when you speak about monetizing payments, what does it mean? How you monetize payments? And this is why billing is important. You need to have two things. You need one to be able to charge your client in a way that will make sense for him. And on the other hand, to be competitive. For example, if there is two uh, rideshare companies, you know, they are compete together, not only on the passenger, but on the driver. So if some, just for as, as an example, if I can offer, and I know that there is a huge demand between from uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And if I can offer to a driver to say, if you drive between 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., I will give you 50% discount on the fees that you are paying to me, okay? This is the way to monetize it. For example, you come with a unique use case that will have a financial impact to compete and to be more flexible. And this is what you do with billing. You go and provide more and more detailed actions that will have a different financial effect in order to provide a better service on one hand and to compete on the other hand. As your business becomes more enterprise in scope and the network of touch points with merchants and customers and uh, distributors starts to grow at the enterprise level, there's obviously going to be more data that comes with all of that, which means reporting and analytics needs are going to become more important as that data is going to be needed to inform the future business decisions of the company. So how do reporting and analytics payment solutions uh, start to change more specifically as a company grows and becomes more enterprise with its uh, scope? Reports 
are built on on a specific structure first. You need to have the structure of the data. You need to understand what is the data that you are collecting. And then you need to divide it to specific, let's call it uh, specific tables. And based on these tables, build a specific uh, report uh, that will uh, make sense regardless of how many touch points you have or how many um, integrations you are connected to. At the end of the day, each entity should have their own uh, balance and their own actions that they are performing. And all of those entities should combine together with some uh, logical uh, hierarchy that creates uh, management reports, uh, financial reports, monitoring, um, billing reports. Uh, and again, all of those reports should be divided into different sections. If it's uh, payouts, if it's settlements, transactions, fees, uh, even chargebacks, and of course, reconciliation, which is a sort of a way of you to be able to manage not just reconciliation between your uh, payment uh, um, uh, processor and, and your uh, marketplace, but even internal uh, reconciliation between all of those touch points and all of those reports to make sure that everything is uh, matched, everything is aligned. And of course, for you to be able to manage it and to understand what you are viewing. And on top of that, if you add some dashboards and some uh, uh, nice UI, you are and you, you have a user-friendly solution that you can log into, view all of the information that you would like to view, understand what you're what you're seeing based on the structure of the reports, based on the flow of the reports. And then on top of that, if you will add alerts and notifications, then you will get information only on the the data that relates to you based on your uh, user uh, uh, role, based on your uh, department. So you should get notifications on the information that, that you desire to receive. And again, based on the specific needs of your uh, department, of your role, and of the view that you would like to see. So it's not just about reports. It's reports, it's dashboards, it's uh, alerts, notifications, different views combination of those reports, the flow between them, and the data itself, which should be displayed in a way that you, as the specific level in the hierarchy, should be able to view it and match it to your own uh, inner uh, systems, if it's a CRM, if it's uh, SAP or any other ERP um, solution that you're using, so you will be able to match it, connect it, and understand what you're viewing. So it's not just about reports, it's all of it combined. And last but not least, I also want to get more info on risk and compliance payment solutions. Uh, As you grow in scope, obviously risk also uh, increases and uh, there will probably be more situations where you need to address that risk and obviously enforce compliance. So uh, could you all give me some context on how risk and compliance needs for enterprise companies uh, grow in their payment solutions and why an enterprise solution is needed to match those needs? Yes. So um, regarding risk and compliance, I think we should look at it from uh, several steps. I think that it starts with the onboarding step. And then we have something that we call progressive onboarding. And after the progressive onboarding, we can look at the management of reserves and payouts. So let's start with the onboarding uh, itself. In this case, of course, you can have uh, uh, unique templates. You should have unique templates that you can create for high-risk merchants, low-risk, VIPs. 
new merchants and many other use cases that you can think of. Then once you create all of these uh, templates, you should have some underwriting management system that you will be able to use to uh, perform some KYCs, perform some uh, verifications of the details of the merchant. Uh, once you completed the onboarding part, you should be able to run the progressive onboarding. And in this case, it's uh, monitoring and alerting based on uh, specific scenarios and events that happen, for example, a uh, number of transactions. It doesn't just have to be like a high level. So for example, a maximum number of transactions could even be low level. So you can say, okay, a specific merchant only processed one transaction today, usually processes 50 transactions a day. So that's another thing that you should check. Uh, uh, amount of transactions, uh, uh, number of uh, declines, percentage of declines, number of uh, chargebacks, percentage of chargebacks, amount of payout. So it, it's that's the progressive onboarding, really. You're not just checking him uh, the, the merchant when he comes into your system. You're checking him while he's performing actions within your system so you know exactly what, what is happening. And then based on all of these alerts and monitoring and notifications, you can run different actions on top of the system. So for example, let's say that you have a, a chargeback, so you can stop the payout. Uh, you have a merchant that is in high risk, so you can collect more reserves. You can configure different reserves, different payout schedulers, uh, different fees, scheduled fees. So it's not just about when they come in, it's more about managing your merchant all across the board from the moment they go in until the moment they get paid for any transactions that they processed within the system. And the tools to manage that should be reconciliation, alerts and notifications. And I would also add BI and AI. So you will be able to understand the, the logic and the flow of the, the merchant actions within your system. So you'll be able to configure and, uh, and apply specific um, actions and uh, procedures based on these uh, scenarios. I would like to add to the previous questions regarding report and now this question regarding risk management. So from enterprise perspective, you combine it by the ability to recognize that you have a solution uh, that will enable you to implement your business logic into it so you are able to monetize and we spoke about the transaction processing the billing and the second thing is to operate it because once you become now really a payments company together with what your regular day-to-day -day business you need a tool that will enable you to operate it in a way that combine controls reports alerts risk that the day-to-day -day operating will not going to be a nightmare for you and this is the second thing you will uh, look uh, in enterprise uh, solution. You will see that it's not how you onboard your use case and how flexible it and configurable it is to support your existing needs, but you also need to see, okay, once I did it, how easy it will help me to operate the day-to-day. -day. And all this operational part falls within the compliance, the risk, the reporting, and so forth that uh, Vico spoke before. All right, Ori, Vico, that just about wraps up our conversation for today. I want to end on this note. 
often, you know, I like to end our podcast by being a little future focused and trying to uh, unpack some current market dynamics and how they might, you know, impact the various topics that we mention on this podcast. So I want to end by getting y'all's perspective on this. What do you see as the biggest obstacle for integrating payment solutions at the enterprise level moving forward. Um, And this can take into account the pandemic that we're dealing with, uh, a broader recession we're dealing with, uh, how companies are adapting under these current market dynamics. How do you think that's going to impact payment solutions for enterprise companies moving forward? And where does Amaryllis fit into uh, that future? I think for us, it's a great opportunity. When we started the business more than 10 years ago, our goal was to create a solution that will enable you to run your own business processes. Uh, We saw that there is no alternative for you to develop it yourself as an enterprise client. So the economics now are very, very clear with all the pandemic and all the cost savings that you need to do, developing it in-house that can take you three years and can take you, you know, minimum between three to five million dollars and maintaining it another couple million dollars a year doesn't make sense if you have a solution that can do, I would not say all because you never know what is missing uh, for a specific client, but we'll do 90% of what you need or 80% of what you need. I think the future is very bright as the market is recognizing that on one hand, payment is not commodity play, so you need to control it. And on the other hand, to do it yourself, to develop it yourself, to build the team, to manage them, to invest in them, will take you a long process uh, uh, with a lot of uh, capital. And this is where we come to play. We are saving our clients, our enterprise clients from this huge investment and not less important, we are bringing them to the market within, uh, I would say, uh, a tenth of the, of the time that it would take them to do it themselves. All right, Ori, Vico, thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast today and giving us your thoughts on uh, how to meet enterprise needs with enterprise payment solutions. Again, we've been chatting with Ori Hay and Vico Bargig, CEO and Vice President uh, Solutions Architect, both for Amaryllis, respectively. Ori, Vico, thank you again for your time on the podcast. Always a pleasure. And if folks want to find out a little bit more about Amaryllis and want to get in contact uh, potentially for your services, where can they go? Uh, they can go into our website, of course, amarillispay.com, and uh, they can contact Vico. He's always available. Is that Vico? Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Market Scale Technology Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're going to marketscale.com slash industries for a full variety of different podcasts, articles, and video content from the technologies industries and from all of our B2B industries as well. Make sure you're also subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leaving a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. 
I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.